Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Red Leaf Card, your home to the Canadian soccer news and topics. I'm your host, Jacob. On this episode, we'll be recapping on the Canadian Championship of the first round, and we'll be discussing on the expansion teams should be in the Canadian Premier League. Um, we have our guest, Jason. Jacob, how you doing today, man? Great, actually. Not expecting a surprising first round on the Canadian uh, Championship. It was it was kind of a big shocker for Valor FC, but um, I have to respond back that Toronto FC. Lost to basically Philadelphia Union for two, and Club de Foot Montreal actually beated New York Red Bulls two nil. It's actually really good to see Montreal get on the scoreboard, get you know, get a win in the column. I know it's their second of the year, and yes, they did it even while taking a red card in the match. I mean, it's good to see Montreal bounce back. TFC. Eh. I mean, it's it's not like Philadelphia's a bad team, but they, they need to put more on the board. Well, Philadelphia uh, Union is actually uh, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Fair enough. I mean, they're close enough, at least in the table, at least going into the match. They were close enough together in, on, you know, in the table, but you have a lot of talent on TFC, you know, to, to go down 4-2. They need, they're going to need to do better for sure. And, and also... Uh, Lorenzo Senya um, actually scores his first goal of the season for Toronto FC. This late into the season. I'm, I, I want to get your take on that one. You know, he was brought in with a lot of, you know, a lot of hype. You know, he was supposed to be the one to bring them back to the playoffs, the one to bring them back to prominence. The fact that this is his first goal of the season to you is this... <sighs> Is this a, a bad return, you know, on their investment? Um, lots of fans. Um, actually, I think that there is always that time that you bring in something that's really hype, and then later you figure out, oh, oh my goodness, he has an injury. That's bad news. I think this is not the this is not the person that we should get. But there's always that that time. I mean, you got to roll the dice at some point, but it's just, you know, sometimes, you know, you, it, it comes up good. Sometimes you you roll snake eyes and, you know. And it's just like your star players, for example, like Josie Altador. He had, like, when he, like, during 20, 2018, he, he's been always getting, he's been getting injuries. He couldn't be on the, on the field. Even almost almost that time that that he carried the team in the Concacaf Champions League, oh, and, and then later in the in basically in the finals, he fell apart. I mean, every sport and every team is you know their histories are littered with players that you know were supposed to be able to bring them to the promised land, but then fell you know 
fell to the injury bug, and then that does happen. I'm not, and I'm not trying to sit here and say that Lorenzo Insignia is the worst thing that ever happened to TFC. I'm just wondering if, you know, if this is a good sign going forward that he's finding the back of the net, or do you think we need to see more out of him? I think we have to wait until the ending of the season, or for example, even during the Canadian Championship, because he's been like the biggest hype alongside with uh, Bernardeschi, mm-hmm. for example. Like he, he's one of the. He, I think he's the now the biggest hype bringing in to Toronto FC. He's that. He's like that uh, second. Second, uh, care, uh, second uh, player to help out for the big hype for Toronto FC, and he's doing well. I mean, don't look to me for advice. I'm the guy who said Vaughn was going to go to the uh, to the semifinals <laughs> in the Canadian Championship. So shows you what I know. Um, yeah. Um, when Vaughn uh, Azuri, like Vaughn Azuri, when we're bringing into Canadian Championship, we could go into that of the Canadian Championship. Vaughn Azuri. People wanted to see, oh, can they upset Club the Foot Montreal in the first round? But that didn't happen. Von Azuri um, almost, like, they had, when it was a two-legged when, in 2019, they played uh, Halifax Wanderers. It was a 1-0. Uh, it was a 1-0 game in the second leg. Von Azuri won. But they lost by aggregates in away goals. Oh, I'm I'm not saying they they came in and they they stunk the bed. They're they're going in against you know CF Montreal. Like they had a tough opponent in that first round, and I'll give full credit where credits due. Catalano looked very good in goal for Vonazuri, but it very much felt like a one sided affair. Montreal was continuously you know, on the offense on this one, you know, and maybe it's the changes in the lineup going into the match, but Montreal definitely looked a lot better, you know, than what they've shown so far in the MLS regular season. But I mean, how much weight do you put into this? You know, you're coming in against a league one Ontario team. You're supposed to win. Like, do you think Montreal felt the pressure on that one? I think, I think Montreal, Basically, know what what they're uh, versing. Basically, they're not that team who's gonna basically say, you know what, we'll we'll give you a goal for it. They're they're just gonna try to lie to you in that try to get that bait from you, but then but then later, well. We're gonna score. We're gonna score two goals, and you're gonna get nothing. I, I think going into this match, I mean, Vaughn had nothing to lose. You know, you go in, you do well, you make a good showing. You're a League One Ontario team. You're going up against and uh, you know a, a professional MLS team. You know, zero pressure going into this one. You know, Montreal looked like they knew that if they didn't do well, if they didn't win, if they didn't shut it down, then there was going to be chatter. There was going to be a lot of eyes on the situation going, what the heck is going on in La Belle Provence? Uh, They came in, they did the job, they did the job well, and they dominated while doing it. I mean, 
you watch the highlights and it really should have been a much higher score. Again, Catalano proved himself very well in nets for Vaughn. Yeah, I think he has some potential in playing in a first division league. And sometimes uh, Vaughn Azuri had a chance to actually score a goal, but it didn't do well. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. And, you know, was I wrong? Yes. But did they look horrible? No. Vaughn actually looked very, very good when, you know, in a David versus Goliath situation. Well, um, we could bring in another League One, League One team. What about BC? Oh, they they were celebrating on that one with Rovers knocking out Valor. Like that game. I mean that that's that was just constant pressure uh, from Polisi and the Rovers. Like they came in ready and roaring. Crowd was behind them. Like clearly they they came to play. Valor, ugh, it's. They looked lost in their own end. When DSS Rovers score their first goal, that that's a that's basically a sign Valor FC should know that you should not let them score a first goal at the time. But letting a quick second goal shouldn't happen. No, you gotta stomp on that momentum. Like teams are gonna score, it's gonna happen. But you can't let it happen again so soon. You're right. Like, Rovers brought constant pressure on Valor. And, you know, as they're in, and there were, there were definitely more chances for Rovers to actually score. Like, Valor, it's almost like they had a defensive collapse. It's almost like their radar was broken. Even during the ending of the first half, uh, that's, that's a wake up call for Valor FC that it should never happen. It shouldn't never happen if you're in a knockout stage of the first round. And like the Valor's head head coach, um, Phil Dos Santos, he's trying to uh, get in ideas for substitutions. It didn't work. No. All they got was a penalty kick from, um, from a handball. And... That was it. But I would do uh, give credit for Anthony Vo- Novak um, getting that goal. But I think that um, he, he's going to respond. That it, it didn't really work. Yeah, far too little, far too late. Yeah. And that's like, like Rovers goes into the halftime up to nothing. Okay. Momentum. You know, home crowd feel. It's all good. If Valor comes out in the second half and scores early or at least pressures early but they didn't and Rovers goes up 3 nothing like you can't, you can't go into a second half where you were clearly outmatched and continue to be that way you need to make those changes you need to fire up the troops yeah you have to get a different tactic that oh you have to be more aggressive on the defense even on the attacking. Yeah, and Valor, they couldn't clear their end for the life of them. Like, it's almost as if Rovers had a beat on the ball constantly, whereas Valor, 
they were lost. Like the balls there, they they lost tra- they lost track of who was in the end with them. They lost track of like Rovers had great man coverage going in there, and um, lots of people oh uh, think about how did Valor lose? Were because maybe it's the pitch that they're playing on that all oh, they're playing on, on grass. They never even. They don't even play on that kind of field. Well, let me let me ask you. You know, your valor. You're going home empty-handed. You're beat soundly by a lower-tier team. Are are you going to lean on those 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 excuses of well we played on grass we're used to turf oh it, it was the home crowd is that going to fly back no, home no it's not no but when I uh, react to um, Valor fans when they lose, lots of uh, lots of people say, "Oh, oh, fire the fire, Phil Dos Santos, because we lost." And my reaction is is this: um, you're still in the top four in the Canadian Premier League. Why would you fire Phil Dos Santos? Oh, I'm I'm not saying you know you got to fire the coach. No. Like it is way too early for that. This should, I, I mean, I'm hopeful that this is the wake up call saying, no, we got, we have to be better in our end, you know? And yes, they did look better, you know, in their week two match against Ottawa this week. But I mean, I think that was more on the failings on Atletico Ottawa. Like the, the fact that Ottawa walked out of that game with a draw that, I mean, that's, it sure ain't on the part of uh, of Valor. Yeah, yeah. Like Valor FC um, drawing with uh, Atletico Ottawa one one. There's always and still Valor FC is still first place. Yeah, but I think again it's still early in the season, and I think you're seeing a lot of teams that will need to ramp up. Um, and again, like a team like Ottawa, you're you're dealing with two draws, right? A team like like. Like Forge, you're you're still right. You're 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 not you're not at the top of your game yet. They, you know, it's still a long season to go. But I mean, yeah, both Ottawa and Forge, who you know, two of your best teams last year, are sitting with two draws this early in the season. So I mean, Valor needs to, I think, up the pressure before these teams get into midseason form. Yeah, um, I guess Forge FC it could just just uh, basically swipe uh, onto next run, oh. next round uh, because they won three nil. Oh, they had cheat codes in that game. Like it was a walk. Like Laval wasn't really in it. Um, but I mean, Forge for all their talent. You know, it should have been a bit more of a, a lopsided affair. And a 3 nothing. yes, it was a lopsided affair. And Laval didn't really look in it at any point. But, I mean, you, you watched the game, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Like, from the beginning, FC Laval was just on the first half on attack. Oh, absolutely. But it felt like they ran out of gas and... halfway through the, the first half. And then later they try to 
go on the defensive tactic. Go on this ballot. But Forge FC was just just a W for us. Do you think and I and, and I ask you in watching this and then in you know seeing their draw, you know, the this this past Saturday, does Forge look like the juggernaut that they are? Or was this game against Laval kind of easy street for them? And I think it was, just... I think basically Forge FC was just basically an easy route for the Canadian Championship. And I think they're only focused on the Canadian Championship to see if they go more uh, more deeper into the into the rounds. They don't. Uh, they want to have the biggest upset, like for example, the 2020 um, Canadian Championship against Toronto FC. That went to penalty kicks. Even for example, they almost uh, upset it. Club de Foot Montreal in 2022 in penalty kicks. I mean, it's going to be tougher, obviously, in the quarterfinals for them. But the the match against Laval, and you're right, Laval did look really, really good at the beginning of the match. They they were on, you know, the pedal was down. They were trying to, to get that early goal just like Rovers did, but it, it just didn't happen. And I think, I think in all honesty, I think if, if, Laval was able to get that early spot, then I think it, it might have shaken Forge's confidence. But I mean, they held off Laval. They did well. They did what they needed to do. I'm 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 just not sold on them in the CPL this season. the The match against Halifax, uh, the it, it was they were better against Cavalry than they were against Halifax. In week two. And then, I mean, that's just my take on it, but I, I just wonder if it, if they're needing a bit more time to ramp up to speed. It could, it could be both at that on during the season. I think it could be Halifax. It could be Calvary. Like Halifax hasn't looked horrible so far this season, you know, a lot better than the record showed last year, but um, didn't make the playoffs. Oh, no, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but Halifax is definitely putting out a better showing, at least early on this season. I think they're improving Mm -hmm. during this season. Um, Atletico Ottawa uh, versus the Halifax Wanderers. Speaking of Halifax. And and we talked about this last week, too, in that that week one match between the two teams in Ottawa... um, coming out with with a 1-1 draw. It's Ottawa needed to step it up and and be able to identify where they needed to adjust. Clearly they adjusted, you know, th- the the 3-1 match. They looked much better as a much more balanced attack. They were spreading the ball around a lot more. Um do they still need to t- t- you know, to tighten their D up a little bit? Yes, but they they had a much more, you know, all-around attack on this one. And when you when you talk about this match, I think lots of uh, lots of fans still got upset. It's at it's at a neutral site. Yeah, they were at York. Yeah. Um, the downfall was that the Halifax Wanderers did not show up at that match. 
but Atletico Auto fans did. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a long drive, right? But I mean, if they were there in Ottawa, sure, great. But, you know, it's not a far drive from Ottawa to York. But I mean, just because the fans aren't there doesn't mean the team isn't, right? And Halifax, Halifax didn't adjust from that first match. Ottawa did. Um, yeah, they, um, Atletico Ottawa did uh, put out that the estimated fans that showed up was 50. Yeah, I'd believe that. Yeah, um, but when we're talking uh, talk about how it, the Halifax Wanderers and Atletico Ottawa played, uh, Farron scored the first goal. And then, and then later, they responded. Malcolm Shaw score, scores to take the tie. Mm-hmm. And then later, Atletico Ottawa, almost Carl Wimet, um, almost scored. But um, the post denied it, and Diego Espeo just kicks it in. That's what Valor needed to do against Rovers, right? Yes, okay, they, they, get, they allowed the first goal, but you need to respond. Ottawa responded. They adjusted. They did, they did what they needed to do. And, you know, I think it helps, you know, that this is basically, you know, game two of the back-to-back. You know, you're a little bit more familiar with the opponent, uh, especially early on in the season. But, I mean, Ottawa showed why they were top of the table in the CPL last year in that match. They just need to do that on a more consistent basis in the regular season. And... And bringing in Maxine Tissot. Mm. Oh no, there there was a game changer at that point yeah. as well. Like he he helped balance that attack. He helped put the pressure on. Like you know where Ollie Bassett was, you know the difference maker for Ottawa in that first match against Halifax. Tissot definitely um, diversified the attack, if you will, and ended it. Mm-hmm. Even for example, after that, even after the match, York United versus Vancouver FC. I'm I'm gonna put this out there. York should not have won that match. The Va- Vancouver looked really good, really dominant. I mean, hitting the woodwork twice on the net. Like Vancouver, I I think definitely came to play. Uh, I I I still think that Callum Irving is you know maybe. Looking at being, it's gonna be weird between Irving and um and Gazdov, who's going to be the best goalie in the CPL this year. And I think you can make a a a, a an argument for both. But I mean, you mean um York United versus Vancouver FC? You have Callum Irving. Yeah, and I'm, you have I'm, just, I'm just saying like, Nico Giosopoulos. Yes, but I'm saying like as far as the CPL season as a whole, I think it's going to go down between Irving and Gazdov with um, with uh, Pacific, who's going to be the best goalie because Irving definitely showed uh, basically Vancouver's secret weapon in this. But I have to point out, right, the the penalty that led to the Babuli penalty kick goal early on in the match, right? Basically, the decider, you know. Uh, you, you, that my reaction was that shouldn't have been a penalty. I, I, I mean, you could make an argument either way, but the thing is, um, the push on Robe in the 90th minute. That if if you're gonna call that and give Babuli a penalty kick, you need to do that at the 90th minute. Vancouver should have gotten the penalty kick on that one. Yeah, I, I've heard 
that um, there was an uncalled penalty. There was basically the, the, a very wasn't similar given. push off. And there was should have been a penalty for Vancouver FC. Yeah. And they didn't call it. Yeah. Uh, if you call it early in the game, you have to call it at the end of the game. I don't care how close to the end of the game you are, right? Babuli, I mean, make no, made no mistake. There was zero question on that penalty kick. Um, and yeah, like again, you could argue that it was a penalty, but I, th- I think, you know, the 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 put the the push off on Robe, it should have been a Vancouver penalty kick. You know, they were calling for it. Yeah. You know, it's. I think York was lucky to get away with that win. Vancouver, to me, was dominant in that win, or in, at least in the loss. And it's only the the fortune of getting that penalty kick that gave that that is now seeing York United in the quarterfinals. Well, at least um, after that match, they faced off again. Well, Vancouver FC gets the win. Oh, and that was a good win. Yeah, it was a that good win. That was a good win. Like, you know, slow clap bravo to Vancouver FC for getting their first Canadian Premier League win on that one, scoring their first goal. And the nice thing, too, now is that they, you know, eventually, you know, in two weeks' time, they're going to get to go home with not just, you know, a couple of goals under their belt, but a win under the belt, and the pressure won't be on in that home match. We were talking about that last week, you know, if Vancouver doesn't win at all before that, that, that home opener, how much will the pressure, they, they just released the pressure valve. They did. And Vancouver looks really good. Like, I mean, they looked good against Pacific in week one. Yeah. They looked good even in the loss to York in the, in the, in the opening round of the Canadian championship they looked really good in this week two win. Like, I know I was I was hesitant about Vancouver the beginning, you know, in last week in you know, my predictions. If they keep playing the way they're playing, Vancouver's going to make some noise this year. You know, you got top notch goaltending. You have a balanced pressure. All they have to do is like move the ball a couple of inches one way or the other, and they'll actually. They have more posts and crossbars this year so far than they do goals. So that shows you just how close they were. And here everything started to to come together. Yeah. Um now we go to the island, Pacific FC versus Calvary FC. Reaction to that. Oh. Th- this was the Emil Gazdov show. It absolutely was. You know, it, it was a very even match and you know, I know I had Cavalry going all the way to the finals and, and potentially winning this, but I mean, you had two very good teams and Cavalry just, you know, ran into the better goalie. And even in penalty kicks, right? There was uh, the, there was the one that Gastov should have had almost and just slipped, you know. And yeah, they were battling poor weather in the first half. Yeah. But you had two teams really go tete-a-tete and it could have gone either way like i'm i as much as you hate to see a game end in penalties this game deserved to end in penalties because it was that good um and yes i i will say it again if callum irving doesn't win goalie of the year you know like you know kudos at the end of the, the cpl season 
it's because Emil Gazdov is, you know, shining bright on the island. Well, he's the he's the top only two goalies that um has the clean sheets alongside of Yesley. Mm-hmm. Which Yesley um didn't perform in, during the Canadian championship. It it bodes well. That if it feels right now that the better teams are definitely in the West when it comes to, you know, the CPL table. Um you know score you know, score for show, but but defense wins championships. Yeah, well you could agree with that. Mm-hmm. And they're still facing off again when they were um in the Can- when it was the Canadian championship. They're gonna be versing again. That's a another another one. Yeah, no, ad- admittedly we are we are recording this before that game happens. Uh you know, we'll probably have a little bit of reaction, you know, in the following week. But I mean i I if the season continues to go as we've seen so far, I don't think it's a far cry to say the Pacific runs the possibility of top you know, sitting atop of the table at the end of the season. They seem like the complete deal this year. So which uh, which team? Pacific. Oh, I think that we do have um, big upsets. But when you think about it, right now on the second week of the Canadian uh, of the Canadian Premier League, I'm just question what happened to York. It's <sighs> a really good question, and it's it's. I'm not quite sure I know the answer. Like and and that's. Is it is it a failing of York? Or is it just the other teams doing what they need to do because they know they need to be that good to beat what York represents? Like, I always, I always question this. They have De Rosario. They have Brian Wright from, that they got from Atletico Ottawa. And a lot of key players, even, uh, even young players, that did well right now. I think York United... If they ha- if they completely uh, continue on like this, who's the real fault? Let me ask you. You, know, you mentioned all these players that are you know as as we kind of mentioned with uh, Lorenzo Insigne with 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 TFC. Is there an overabundance of pressure on York to excel and to be better than all these teams? And it's just a matter of the other teams playing up to the competition could be yeah i mean yes they 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 won first round canadian championship you know by luck of the draw as far as the penalty kick goes you know they lost to the better goalie in week 2 it's remains to be seen but i mean if if you're not able to beat Callum Irving you're definitely not going to be able to to beat someone like an Emil Gazdov i think there are teams that i mean i still think york is better right now than halifax i think they are maybe on par with what ottawa's producing but i mean it could be a changing of the guard at the top yeah so on to the uh, when we bring it in the, to the quarterfinals, that Forge FC is going to be going to be versing Atletico Ottawa in Ottawa. Toronto FC is going to be versing Club de Foot Montreal. That's going to be a good match in BMO Field. York United is going to be versing Vancouver Whitecaps at York 
York Lions Stadium. Pacific, uh, Pacific FC is going to be versing TSS Rovers. That that match is going to be insane. You know, and if, if you just take a look at that, I mean, obviously Montreal, Toronto, you've got a natural MLS rivalry that depending on how, if the adjustments that Montreal have made stick, then there's a good possibility that Montreal, you know, survives that one. Um, Forge, Ottawa, you love to see the rematch. You love to see teams be able to to continue to build that rivalry within the CPL. I still think Forge wins that one just because Ottawa still needs, I think, to, you know, to, to not, not smarten up, but at least shore up their, their defensive lackings. Uh, and you think you have to think that Forge is going to come ready to play a bit more in that one. I think they may have taken Laval a little too, too lightly, even though they still got a three, nothing win, but the, the Rovers Pacific match, regardless who wins, you are going to hear the fans go nuts in that one. You're, you're going to hear them probably from Saskatchewan. That's how loud I think that match is going to be. And, I mean, do I still think Pacific is going to win? Yes, absolutely. I think Gazdov, uh stops the gold. I think the Rovers definitely come in with a lot of pressure. I think they're, they're, they've got a lot of momentum right now. They've got a lot of, uh, they'll probably bring a little bit of swagger. But I will say that if Rovers get the early goal, all bets are off, just like they did with Valor. But I don't think they're going to have that chance against Gazdov. And I think, you know, the Whitecaps, you know, I hope, you know, handily walk on into the semifinals. I think that, um, but the uh, but I always think about, um, about Pacific FC versus Rovers. But the question is, what happens if you, let them uh, score the first goal or even the second and you're still scoreless I'm not going to lie that's in my opinion that's going to be a low scoring affair I think whoever wins that match it's going to be 1-0 one, one or it's going to go to penalties and if it goes to penalties I think the edge is on Pacific you know, the better goalie will will stand out on that one. It, you know, the, there was the one stop. There should have been two by Gazdov. It shouldn't even have been as close as it was for, as far as five three on 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 penalties. Like it was just a slippery ball in bad weather conditions. You know, I do, I don't fault him on that one. Is is it probably frustrating for him? Yes, absolutely. But you know, he guessed right. Twice, he was the difference maker in that one. Rovers, however, they're playing with house money. They they're literally playing with house money at this point. Now, should they have made it to the second round? Maybe not, but they proved that they deserve to be there. They knocked out the higher tier team. They did it emphatically. Like there was there was no question. Valor wasn't even in it. Rover's in a walk on that one. But I think I think it's a different beast when you're going up against Pacific. Yeah, even for example, that the league is already their fir- uh, their first appearance in this uh, competition. I think that's one of the 
biggest upsets that you're you're just you're just appearing you for your first time and just uh, basically don't even know who they are you you think that you're just going to win this easily but and then later you figure out they just score more than you you, you take the blame to yourself oh it's Rovers are now Cinderella at this point, right? They came to the ball, they came to dance, and, you know, the the slipper's on the right foot. You know, the one that scores the goals. I I think no matter what happens now, Rovers walks out with their head held high. Yeah. Um... And and that bodes well, you know, for those for those League 1 level teams. Right, the fact that they can come in and knock out a team that, by all rights, probably should have won, but didn't show up. And so long as they keep it close against Pacific, then I think that, you know, there's a lot that could be said for the possibility of maybe at some point looking at, you know, League One teams, you know, somewhere down the road once the CPL gets bigger, the idea of relegation and promotion between those League One teams and the CPL. Yeah, um, even talking about the expansions, mm-hmm. um, we, uh, we think that there's a possibility of cities that could possibly uh, get an expansion team for the Canadian Premier League. Well, right now, okay, you, ha- you have to think um, that Edmonton will put, hopefully at some point come back. If if the the money is there, if the, if the location is there, I mean, obviously, you know, you're taking a look at, you know, teams like Saskatoon. You, you want to try and diversify across the provinces. And I think you put a CPL team in Saskatchewan, whether it be a Saskatoon, whether it be a Regina, um, they will embrace it. You take a look at the CFL, right? Teams in the West are rabid when it comes to their CFL teams, right? There is a massive difference from an Argos crowd or an Alouette's crowd versus a Saskatchewan Rough Riders crowd. They love their team out there. And I, gu- I guarantee you that if a CPL team ends up in Saskatchewan, it's going to be wholeheartedly embraced. I think it's a great way to, a great spot to put it. But I think you all you also have to expand to provinces that don't have teams. Um, yeah, you, bringing up to the Saskatchewan teams that going to have one in Saskatoon I think having one in Regina it brings in that rivalry and brings in more fans mm-hmm. and which you meant to, mentioned about the CFL and I'm ho- I'm hoping that Edmonton comes back to bring uh, to get their team back with a better owner ownership of it and a better place to uh, have their team basically play which they which they play at Clark Field and they they play right beside a larger state and larger stadium which 
the Edmonton Elks play. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just because there's a large stadium there doesn't mean there should be a team there. And we saw that with with um, with the the Argonauts when they were playing their games, you know, at the Dome or the Rogers Center, right? It was cavernous and not full. But as soon as they moved to BMO Field, it's a much better environment, right? Not as many empty seats means a you know a better a better crowd. And the same thing with the Alouettes, you know, when they move from Olympic Stadium to to the smaller stadium they're in now, again same thing. You go from a cavernous empty place to something that the fans feel closer to the action. And I will say too, Quebec, just the province of Quebec, needs to have. A CPL team. Yeah, um, I, I believe there that Quebec should have a uh, Canadian Premier League team. Th- they always crave uh, they always crave um, soccer and other sports. Mm-hmm. They even ha- for example they just had an expansion team in the Canadian Elite Basketball League in Montreal. Yeah, and exploring exploring a uh, uh, Quebec um, cities, even if for example Quebec City, mentioning. That's that's in the topic of getting a CPL team. Oh, I mean, even in the even the even Laval, they they talk about. Well, Laval is close enough to Montreal, right? And you're going to be able to pull from the from the you know a very populous region there. But I mean, even with Quebec City, right? You have a population of about five hundred and fifty four thousand. You know, that's more than Saskatoon. That's more than Windsor. I know they're looking at that. Um, Edmonton's got a population of one one point one million. So yes, Edmonton doubling Quebec City there. You you can't look at smaller populations. Because, I mean, you wouldn't want to put it in a, in a city like Trois-Rivières. As much as they might actually embrace it, you don't want to put it there. You know, you're not going to want to put it in Gatineau because, you know, yes, you would pull from Ottawa. But, I mean, how many people from Ottawa are going to go, you know, over the bridge to go see a Gatineau team? I think Quebec City, you know, you have an underserved region. Obviously... If you're looking for a built-in fan base, yeah, sure. Go to Laval. Go to Montreal. There'll be people there, but I don't know if they'll embrace it. Quebec City probably would. And it's a bit closer to Halifax as well. To the same token as well, if you're looking to build um, more of an Atlantic fan base, you've got PEI, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland without teams. And that would that would create a built-in rivalry already with Halifax. Like for example, even for example, Moncton, New, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. even for example, Fredericton PEI. Yep, I mean PEI, Charlottetown, Charlottetown PEI. Yeah, sorry, Fredericton, New Brunswick. Uh, that's my bad on that one. But um, the problem and, with PEI, and, and, and not just uh, not just that. When you bring in, um, if you want to bring in um, Newfoundland, Labrador, yeah, St. John's, Newfoundland would be a, a decent spot for it. I even, think PEI might be a little too small, but. It would be unique in that you have, you know, a team there, you know, small but proud, if you will. Well, um, I've heard uh, Dino Rossi is already trying to make an expansion of League One Canada in the Atlantic area. And he's trying to basically bring in all the provinces that are in the Atlantic area. Now he's he's um, 
now going for Newfoundland Labrador area, which I think it's going to be in Tuesday. He's doing it starting Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just wonder, from your standpoint, how many teams do you think the CPL needs to be a, a, de- a, a good enough size that you're not spreading yourself too thin? Because remember, too, the more teams you have, the thinner the talent base becomes. Well, I, I think 12 could be a good one or 10. I, I I think 12 you can get away with very easily. If you want to be a... If you want to be a professional league. So let me ask you then. Let's say, let's put it into, into, into hypotheticals here. CPL expands to 12 teams. You know, and for argument's sake, we'll say Saskatoon, Windsor, um, maybe St. John's, Newfoundland, and Quebec City. Just, just to add those four, you know, to, to get them to there. Once you have those teams in place, do you then take a look at the possibility of the top team in League One, British Columbia, Ontario, and Quebec, then vying for promotion with the bottom three teams in the CPL staving off relegation? When I when I think about promotion relegation, um, that that is. I think that they should get a. They did not even establish a second division league yet, so I think you would have to add like ten teams for the second division league. And to be honest, I think that you get all all provinces for League One Canada, and how it goes on, it, it'll be you have their interprovincial league which is League One Canada, and the one who wins it gets promoted to the Second Division League. Well, I mean, you, you've you got League One Ontario right now looking at what they're, they're calling Plan 2024 in creating three tiers within League One Ontario with promotion and relegation between the three. But I just wonder, with the possibility of having more teams in CPL, does it make sense to draw from the lower league or the lower tier as a possibility? I mean, we've seen just how excited, and yes, I fully recognize that a lot of this has to deal with Ryan Reynolds. We're seeing the attention that Wrexham is getting and the celebration of their promotion. Yes, admittedly, it's an outside influence that's drawing our attention to it. But I mean, Ryan Reynolds aside, Wrexham, you know, achieving promotion is a big deal to to fans of Wrexham and in the area. Imagine here the idea of a team like Rovers potentially making or joining the CPL due to promotion slash relegation. Um could be a possibility of a promotion relegation. Um, well, was it Ryan Reynolds is from Burnaby? I do believe so. No, I offhand, I'm not quite sure his his, you know, and we and we see him too showing interest in the NHL with the Ottawa Senators. 
Now, I'm not saying it's Ryan still, Reynolds. It's still pending. It's still pending, but at least, you know, definitely interested in it. But, I mean, I'm not saying you need someone like a Ryan Reynolds to show interest into the CPL, but I have a feeling that these teams, these fan bases, and you heard it in that Rovers match against Valor. You heard how excited they were, right? For a smaller team to be able to at least have a chance at promotion, and I think, too, the idea of relegation for teams that are, you know, for lack of a better term, crap the bed, all things being equal, you know, you take a look at last year, you know, a team like Edmonton, a team like Halifax, it didn't do very well. Put them in a one-on-one, you know, or even a two-leg against a team like Rovers or Vaughn or Laval that were top of their table and, you know, champions of their of their respective leagues. Do you think that in saying a two-leg, make it fair, do you think Halifax or Edmonton would have been relegated against one of those teams last year? Well, I was thinking of FC Edmonton would have been relegated. Halifax maybe not so much? Eh, I, don't, I don't really think Halifax Wanderers uh, would have been relegated because there, there's no League One Nova Scotia. No, but, I mean, you could or argue... Even, even, but if we're talking about if they had a League One Alberta or League One Nova Scotia, I would say yes to that. And to be honest, I think every pro, I think I bring into this, if every every province has a League One team, uh, league, I would still I would still say say there should be a promotion relegation. But if they there was a second division league into this and it, it has to and it has to grow to it because right now you have you still have the first division league which is the canadian premier league and you have the third third division league which are basically league one canada but the qu- uh, question is where's the second division league <sighs> there's the problem too i mean if you were to get enough teams in order to be able to let's let I me mean, let's say it's 12 teams right and you're able to spread it across canada in a, in a way that you can break it up regionally right now okay halifax basically holds down the fort for all of atlantic canada and arguably quebec at this point right you have three teams in ontario with forge ottawa and york yeah Right. So those four teams are literally one half of the country. Yeah. And then on the other side, you've got Calvary, Fowler holding down in Manitoba and Pacific and Vancouver in the West. So I think, I think if you have say a league one, Alberta build up, because there has been, there's been talk about that, which right now there are, in their exhibition right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you had the champion of League One British Columbia and the champion of League One Alberta go head-to-head, the winner of that basically faces, you know, gets promotion against, you know, the worst West Coast team. The second division or the first division? I'm, talk- I'm talking going straight to the CPL. Think about it, right? Last year... Just take just take last year for example, right? You would have had Edmonton in the West and Halifax in the East. Okay, so in the West 
if Edmonton was facing relegation against the winner of a of a of a match between the winners of say a League One British Columbia and a League One Alberta, and that winner gets a promotion opportunity against FC Edmonton, and then in the East, you had Halifax basically being the worst team in the East amongst you know the the Ontario teams as well. So if you had a a one off match with the the winner of uh, I guess in this point it would be Vaughn versus Laval. So the winner of a Vaughn versus Laval match goes up against a team like Halifax, who was bottom of the table in the East. Then you, then you can sit there and say, okay, well, Halifax then gets relegated, I guess, at that point to the, the League One Atlantic, if you will. It's almost like you have to split the country in half as far as, you know, create the this League One, League One West, League One East and merge the two. Um, when I, th- when I think that, um, when, it, when I hear the league one Atlantic, I, I think that when you're bringing all the prov- uh, provincial, uh, provinces together, I really don't, I don't like that, um, uh, bringing all, all the provinces in, in the Atlantic area. I think that, that each province should have their own league for, for League One, and I think that Nova Scotia could do it. I think New Brunswick could do it. I think um, Newfoundland and Labrador could do it. But when we're bringing Prince Edward Island, I think they should basically could actually um, move into New Brunswick if they had, if they could or not. Well, I mean, obviously British Columbia and Alberta have their own just like Ontario and Quebec have their own. I think if you were to create a third one out east where it's just League One Atlantic and you had the the Atlantic provinces within one, you could also have then have a League One Prairies and have Saskatchewan and Manitoba combine into one. And then you would have three smaller leagues on either side of the country. If you really, if you really want to get crazy with the expansion, you could you could include the territories as well. But I mean, I don't, I don't think you could easily put a team, whether it be you know a, a League One level team or a CPL team, even in the Northwest Territories or the Yukon, and definitely not none of it. I I think you know the population may not be there, and I I just don't know. I I, I don't know why they they haven't even thought about expanding into the territories. But I mean it's it's a moot point if if the if the player base isn't there too. Well the uh, Yukon used to have a soccer team and was playing against like the Alaskan teams. So let me, so let me ask you then. We see how much fun and let's be honest, it's fun the FA Cup is. Yeah. You know the 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 anything goes possibility of a team in those early rounds exceeding expectations and maybe potentially getting a chance to have a game against a larger club just because of the way you know the the bracket falls right you're seeing you know teams that are playing on soccer pitches that are basically up against you know the backyards of a row of houses where you can see the laundry hanging over the fence playing against a team like Tottenham right that's that's a spectacle at that point 
That's fascinating to watch. I think you take a look at the possibility of an FA Cup style tournament with the teams of Canada. Now, so you have that possibility. There's a there are enough teams now that you could do something like that on a yearly basis, you know, started in March or April, little by little, get to and the Canadian Championship proved and has proven over the years. You know, with moments like Rovers beating Valor, you know, with moments like e- even though they lost, right? A team like Vaughn getting a chance to play against a team like Montreal. Yeah. Win or lose, that's still a high moment probably for a lot of those players. Yeah. Um, I think the Canadian Championship proves that it is really, uh, it's really uh, competitive. But um, th- this is a question um, like bring- bringing uh, about the Canadian Championship. Should all uh, all the Canadian teams should be uh, competing in the Canadian Championship? I mean, it would be a fascinating argument to make where the expansion of the CPL maybe go takes a slower pace in favor of expansion of the Canadian Championship. Because then you are literally connecting soccer fans from around the country, coast to coast, and giving them this opportunity for this, you know, very then prestigious and it already is prestigious, but really a prestigious championship opportunity. You know, yes, Vaughn Laval and Rovers all deserve to be in this championship. Think about how many teams in those leagues might've had a chance to, if given the opportunity. And the other thing too, is you get better as a team and to a man. By playing against better teams. Because you learn from them. Those, those. I mean, people have talked about the IAHF, right? And the World Juniors. And seeing teams get blown out 15 to nothing. And say, well, why are they even there? But the thing is, though, by playing in those games, and by playing against players of such high caliber, you learn from them. You grow from them. You grow from those experiences. To the person that never dreamed of playing against someone of an eventual NHL caliber, that's that's that that's that opportunity that you're going to get. I tell you right now, right? Vaughn, despite the fact that they lost two nothing to Montreal, they held themselves up to just a two nothing loss against an MLS team. And they probably grow from the experience. You know, learn more from those games. Get the chance to play, to test your medal against a team of that caliber. Yeah, even, for example, that in the Canadian Championship, that's uh, top scores right now are one of the TSS Rovers, uh, Matteo Poli- uh, Polisi, with two goals. Alongside with Noah Jensen for mm-hmm. 4 C. And there's the thing, too. Now, win or lose against Pacific, right? If Polisi shows 
you know, the same spunk that he did against Valor? You telling me that CPL teams or maybe even an MLS team isn't going to take a look at a player like that given given the visibility of those games? Right? This is a chance for these players to showcase how good they can be and maybe potentially get picked up by a higher up team. Maybe not in Canada, but maybe in a different league, maybe in a different country. Showcase the young talent and the lower teams on a national, all-in, everybody-in tournament, and you're going to see players do well. And I, I hope that, uh, like, for example, the other Canadian USL League 2 uh, teams, for example, Thunder Bay Chill, FC Manitoba, for example, or any other other ones might be kind of interested in in basically deciding oh you know uh you know what i think that the canadian canadian leagues have some competition if they get uh, a second division league and i i always ho- uh, hope that um canada gets a second division league grow the competition in league 1 canada and hoping that um it, it brightens the future for Canadian Canadian soccer talent. Oh, and there's the thing too, right? Kids are watching these games because the tickets are cheaper, right? It's it's an easier it's an easier experience to bring a family to because you can afford the tickets. And those kids are gonna watch those players. They don't care that it's not a team like TFC. They don't care that it's not, you know, the the national team. That's their team. And those are their players. And they cheer for them. And to see them get a chance like that and to do well, you're expanding the the, the sport, the game, and the nation to the youth of the nation, thereby expanding the interest in becoming a soccer player, showing them that you don't have to go to 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 England or Germany or Italy to to have a soccer career you can do it at home because it's proven that it can be done at home yeah um i want to go back to um about the CPL expansion but when the commissioner Mark Noonan was talking about what areas that uh, could be in, uh, in talks of expansion. He brought in uh, Kelowna, BC into it, and for example, Mississauga into it. And is there a, a possibility, for example, another team in the greater Toronto area? Well, I mean, right now, arguably, you have one, and that's York. And I don't think Mississauga is the place you want to go, right? The GTA is over-entertained, in my opinion. It's a reason why it works in Forge, or uh, for for Hamilton, because they're they're not overly entertained. There's a reason why it works for Ottawa, because you know people will go to see those games. I I think the idea of a Windsor is a better idea because not only are you are you pulling from you know the southern tip of the province but you're also the ability to pull people from Detroit 
from across the across the bridge. I think also as well, you're probably better more better off looking at an area, maybe like a Thunder Bay. Go north. I I recognize that the population is there in Mississauga. I get that the facilities are there, but the GTA shouldn't be the default response to expansion, especially what? if the team is not going to to draw. I mean. Really, York should be the one servicing that that area. When you think about uh, other, um, like, for example, England, for example, they have a lot of uh, cities in the London region. The difference there, though, is that I th- I think you have a better you have a better option in selling a a, a second hockey team. In a, in a state like Mississauga, as opposed to a soccer team, you know, soccer is like bread and butter in England. You know, you could put soccer teams on 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 every street corner, and people would still show up. I don't know if you're going to get that in Mississauga. Yes, you have a much more uh, multicultural, diverse population in Mississauga in Brampton than you do, say, uh, in in Scarborough or, or for lack of a better, like right in the GTA. So I think if you are if you are leaning on the GTA, Mississauga and Brampton might not be the the worst idea. But I mean, why? You have a huge province with their Go to London, if you if you're so inclined to stay on the four hundred one. Go to a place like London. Go to go to Kitchener. It's still close enough that people in the in the Mississauga area can go, but go where the people don't have anything. Yeah, um, that, that's a good uh, good example. Um, another uh, there's another uh, question I could bring up. Well, uh, which city would you think? Is not going to not going to be in in the in the Canadian Premier League, but you actually want that city to be in it. But as a roll of a dice of like being a a small town of actually winning the championship. If I'm taking a look at the country as a whole, and I think a place that would embrace it, but never will get one. I think basically anywhere in Prince Edward Island. I think the the population is too small. The logistics are too hard um, to to justify. I I think you know Charlottetown could very well happily embrace a team, but I ju- I just don't see Prince Edward Island as a priority for getting expansion. I mean the the fact that they're looking at Kelowna, you know. Clearly, British Columbia is loving what they've got, Pacific and Vancouver. But I, I don't think that you want to oversaturate too much. I, I think Saskatoon or Regina should be a priority. I, I think the Quebec City should be a priority. I, I think that, you know, Edmonton, maybe not so much, but, but to have something in Alberta as well. Right to to rebuild that that rivalry against cavalry, I think the GTA is not the answer 
Um, I think St. John's, Newfoundland could very well be. I think New Brunswick could very well be. But just, you know, um, don't don't look at the GTA as the be-all, end-all for it. Yeah, I really agree that Prince Edward Island is one of those. And since they they hosted the Island Games in the second season. In the bubble. <laughs> yep, in the bubble. And I could also bring up uh, St. John's Newfoundland Labrador. That, that's also uh, a good uh, good place to have it. If it, if they could ha- even expand it there, but it might not even happen. I I can, I, think. I I can see that with 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 Newfoundland, um, there being a concern with we've we've seen in recent years because of climate change, um, just some of the devastation that's happened with some of the storms that have hit the Atlantic provinces. So I can see how there might be a hesitation to put more more teams in Atlantic if they're going to be, you know, weather affected. That's that's a situation I don't, I haven't really heard, you know, people really address that. But I mean, if this is, we're seeing it more and more almost every year, some one Atlantic province or another gets hit real hard. And, you know, as as much as a team might be needed out there, for morale and for tourism, there's there's a, a risk assessment there as well. Well, um, for example, there was one match that had to be basically re- uh, rescheduled in Halifax, and and then later they they uh, had the match, and basically everything was damaged during um, for the ca- uh, for the camera areas are. Yeah, you can't look at expansion without looking at uh, the future possibility of external factors that you have zero control over. Yeah, and um, that's and that's a full time in this episode in the red leaf card. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm your host Jacob subbing out. 